and welcome back to the Rugby Connection. This week it is Super Saturday. What a Six Nations it has been. We start off strong in Cardiff. We're finally, boys. The drought has ended. Ellie, finally getting the big massive win <laughs> in Cardiff. We'll talk about it more very shortly. We go over to Dublin, where Ireland were champions for a brief period in time, but they did walk away with the Triple Crown. Absolutely decimating Scotland at the Aviva. And then we move over to Paris, where we got the Grand Chalem, the Grand Slam. France have done it. 12 years in the making. Blah, blah, blah. What an effort. So, yeah, Cardiff. What an upset. Oh, my God. I mean, the best way to do it, I mean, he is the talk of the rugby world. I mean, it's this. Within Darcy, make a Capozzo! 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 Country just says it all to be honest. I feel like it's one of those matches where like you're gonna remember where you were when you saw it. Hmm. Which to be honest, for most of us just gonna be on our sofas, but um I was I was at I was in a town hall for a two years birthday party. <laughs> but, you know, um, I was, I was in a shopping centre. I just had it on an iPhone, like down at down at my table. Yeah, I did that. I was genuinely just uh, speaking to a family friend. I was sorry, I'm just going to check the rugby, and I just put it on, and I literally just seen Garbisi sort it and. No, I. Uh, oh God, I was no, because we were at the shopping centre for most of it, and then we finished up, and I was like, right, I'm driving home. And, you know, we basically just pegged it. Um, we got back for the last 10 minutes and my dad was just like, my dad after the Josh Adams try, um, he he just said, um, ah, you know, listen, um, you know, they'll do, it in, they'll do it in like the 78th minute or something like that. And true to his word, they did it. Some effort. I mean, if that's how you're going to win a game of rugby, that's how you win a game of rugby. Well, I also I also want to say, like, back to our predictions as well. Last week, uh, me, me, me and Murray, um, we we said it was going to be a, a Wales win. We did, but we wanted Italy to do it. We wanted Italy to do it. Sean was optimistic. Sean <laughs> <laughs> uh, went optimistic twice and one backfired, so it's fine. It balances itself out. <laughs> so, yeah, so last week on the podcast, I said here, I said Italy were going to win, and then for Carwin's thing that he was doing amongst us he was saying oh yeah we had to we're doing like predictions every week and i predicted my score was 23 22 to italy i go was off by two points so i, I predicted that they were going to win on carwin's thing or it was by two points or lose by two points or something like that it was not there was nothing in it really close yeah yeah, yeah. but no, I, um, uh, I think we also mentioned back to last week um i do actually get a beer off my music teacher oh yeah that <laughs> No way, it's not all bad. And also, um, I was I was re-listening to the podcast. Um, round one or, or round one review, um, after Ireland decimated Wales, our dear friend Simeon going, listen, <laughs> Wales are going to lose to Italy. <laughs> and you know what? He got it right. Like fair play to him. He was absolutely distraught, but he got it right. I think that's the only thing here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I mean. Just how good were Italy though? Like Palgar BC, the man of the hour, Angie Capuzzo, Monte Iwani, just tearing it up on the wing. 
And I will give credit where credit's due. Josh Adams at the end of the game. What a lovely gesture. Yeah, it was a lovely gesture. And I think what we saw on telly in terms of like the interviews and stuff like that, I don't think it showed like the proper, I don't think it showed the full story. I think, you know, the Dan Bigger and um, Wayne Peabach interviews, it was all just like, it was like, you know, oh, this is just poor. We need to come back. We need to do this. And, you know, I get that it's depressing, but just. I've got an issue with that. That's not, that's, that's not just the Wales thing. I don't get this. And just in sport. Why at full time do you interview the losing captain and the losing coach? And the first question goes, what happened? And you got beat. Like, it's, such, it's such a stupid time and place to do it. <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, people want to know. So fair enough. This is what the news reporters will do. But I just think at the end of the day, like, just give credit where credit's due. Like, yeah. you know, just say Italy beat us fair and square. Don't just be like, oh, we were so poor. Just Italy played. They've played amazing throughout the tournament and they've been unlucky not to get a couple more points. I honestly yeah. think if the game didn't slip away from them, they could have been a losing bonus point in France and maybe a losing bonus point against Scotland as well. Mm. Yeah, I think if the red cards they didn't go two men short, they could have gave up. I mean, they still gave Ireland a bloody good goal for the most part. It was just the, the man advantage killed them. But this is what I mean. Like, Italy have played well, and we've seen this. You know, 2020, I think, was like the first good showing of it. And then 2021 was just a whole nother level. Yeah. But Kieran Crawley definitely knows what he's doing. I mean, definitely the right man for the job. And just well done, Italy. We're all big Italy fans this week. Yeah. It barely fits me anymore because I have this in test fit from when I was like 14. But obviously, I've got a little bit bigger since then, so <laughs> a bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I I was going to say, um, I, it didn't sound like either of us got to watch the, the match live, but you might have seen the clip. Um, I actually only saw it a couple hours ago. On fifty-five minutes, Wales kicked the ball deep into Italy's in goal area. Capuzzo covers back. I think Montiani runs into him in the in goal. He gets the ball. Uh, he spins out at one tackle. Beats the first one. Another another Wales um, defender rushes up while he's in the end goal. Gets the offload away to was it Uani? I think they made a break all the way up to the Wales twenty two, and then they won a penalty after a kick. It was just oh, it was unreal. It was just like a piece. I didn't get to see it, but it was like electric piece of play from Capuzzo in the end goal, like class. I think I did say that actually as soon as I came back. Yeah. Oh yeah, unreal. I, again, I think that it's just a little bit of. I think it's just a little bit of show about of of how good Italy were and how good Italy can play. And hmm. again, we've seen this coming. It's finally happened. Next year, there's only one way. It's up. Exactly. <laughs> to win. Italy to win next year. <laughs> it's, yeah, Italy for the Grand Slam. I'm, I'm putting a tenner on it. <laughs> you make stupid money off that. Oh, you know what? It's all worth it. Um, anyway, um, how about uh, a game that you were at, Sean? Uh, Ireland-Scotland. Hmm. um it was i i don't want to say that it was like a good game by the standard of games because it wasn't like in terms of showing from both sides i thought it wasn't like completely pristine and the atmosphere being there was a bit kind of subdued a little bit and look i think that was kind of just the occasion i mean look at there wasn't too much to play for really for both sides well i mean look there was the triple crown in the line for Ireland, but i think I, I, don't, I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, Murray, but there was no one in Ireland that really thought at all throughout the week, not that I heard of anyway, that Ireland were going to lose. 
Um, and I think the kind of atmosphere, I don't mean that, I'm sorry, but the atmosphere. <laughs> I can just I see that in space. It's just like. <laughs> no, I've been arguing with Scotland people all week, so. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a shit week trying to back Scotland. Not on the pitch, but the whole antics. I'm sure you boys heard. Hmm. Finn Russell, piss up part two. Oh my God, yes. I, I'm fed up of this now. <laughs> it's, I, I get it's funny because it's Finn, but Finn Russell, Ali Price, who got his 50th, Stuart Hogg, who's the captain, mm. Sione Tupoto, Sam Johnson, and I can't remember, Darcy Graham, all came off the fight from, so they came straight back to Edinburgh after the win in Italy. I think what I heard was they wanted drinks in Italy. They were late in arriving, so they got drinks on the plane, and then they wanted to go out. The team manager told them, don't do it. We've got a big game next week. Go nuts after the Ireland game, basically. But just don't do it this week. And the six that I've mentioned, I went, yeah, nah, fuck it, we'll go for it. Gregor Townsend found out, phoned Stuart Hogg, and basically, like, get your arse back to camp, you have half an hour, or you're dropped. Hoggy, obviously being the club captain, uh, the squad captain, went, yeah, okay, and went back. Finn Russell, being Finn Russell, went, nah, I'm good. Went out to Why Not in Edinburgh. Um, didn't, turn up, <laughs> <laughs> didn't turn up for the Sunday session, like the recovery session in the camp, stayed at his parents like he did the previous time and, yeah, was subsequently dropped for the Ireland clash. It doesn't sit well. And you know what? Uh, it didn't even make a good super sub on fantasy, so that's the most disappointing thing. Exactly. Waste of time. But the last time this all happened with Finn and Gregor, it was build up to Ireland as well. I'm sorry, if you don't want to play against Ireland, don't do it. Go down, have an injury. Have COVID. That's a good excuse not to play right now. You can't you can't fake it. You can't like double check. Mm. Oh, Lord. <laughs> look, sorry, it looked like they kind of needed Finn Russell, especially at like at halftime. I thought it would have been a good time to bring him on, but obviously things were sitting right between Gregor Townsend um and Finn Russell. And even when he came on, he didn't do a lot. So one yeah, last I mean, time. I, I, I can't lie. Um I was watching the game uh, I, on my sofa and I was I was shattered. I, I, I was ready to fall asleep during it. Like, <laughs> I think, it, it, again, like you said, it wasn't the best showing for both sides. Like, there was, obviously, there was, you know, a chance at the Six Nations and the Triple Crown on the, on the line for Ireland. Scotland were pretty much headed for fourth. Third off for one, but... It was a big, it's a big task. I know that, I know I said yeah. I was more worried of Cardiff. And I, I was, at the time, I was more worried for Cardiff. And I don't know why. Because Ireland, I keep forgetting how much of a different beast Ireland has been in this last six months. Hold on. But no, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Ireland, Scotland, like, it it wasn't a Six Nations. I 
you know, you, you wouldn't put it, but you wouldn't replay it. You wouldn't sit down and think, well, that was a great match. I'm going to rewatch it. No. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's too much to say there, really. But it's a pity it wasn't because, like, like two teams who, like, I think Ireland's attack has been pretty good this year. Scotland's attack, we know, was pretty good. I, I said it last week, Scotland's attack is very good. And the, the conditions were unreal. Like, obviously, the weather was class, the pitch was perfect. Uh, and as a pity, it just kind of didn't live up. Like, it wasn't a very expansive style from either side. Like, obviously, the tries Ireland scored, a lot of them were kind of like pick and goes. Same with Scotland, Schumann's try. Like, and actually, sorry, on Schumann as well. I don't know if you'd see when he was carrying the ball and he went with it with a forearm. I that thought it was 100% like yellow card at least. I thought it was a yellow. Nothing. Well, was um, right. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because. I mean, what's it like? Oh. Done for it against France. So. Yeah. Literally one, all right. I mean, yeah. if we're trying to replace ref talk, like, listen, he's you know he's carrying he's carrying the ball right, and you can see him. He's putting his he's putting his arms away from his body, hmm. into his neck area. Again, for me, I'd say that's more sort of careless than reckless. So hmm. that's why I'm 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 kind of edging more towards yellow card. Hmm. But I think either way, like it can be touch and go. Either way you look at it, some people have different interpretations. For me, it would have been a yellow, but I understand. <laughs> I think the way he got away with it is because when you looked at it, he had both his hands on the ball. I'm like, that's clever. But he kind of he kind of led with the with the one that he didn't really. Oh have. yeah, hundred hmm. percent. Um, just one more point I'd like to ask you boys because obviously it doesn't affect you. Is do you drop Stuart Hogg as captain? Not from the team. Do you just strip him of captaincy? Yeah, he's overrated. <laughs> 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 no, um, I don't. But like, for me, I don't know who else would have a captain in Scotland anyway. I don't think it's an experience in our squad. To... I would have Jimmy Ritchie as soon as he's back from injury. I think he's going to be the long-term captain. I'd say at least give him two, three more years. Three more years. Maybe two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, again, Hoggy's got. I, I, he is. I'd say perfect right now for captain. Well, probably the best that you've got anyway. I think it's. I think it's hard to keep him as captain after that whole incident this week. But it doesn't. It doesn't look but great. In the day, like you, you said that you know, being the squad captain, he came back and he sort of righted his wrongs. Yeah, but should he have done it in the first place? It's... Oh, no. But, like, it's every player's responsibility that's doing in the first place. The thing is, all players are human. We all love a drink, and we move on to Paris. We do. Anyway, um, I, I have no words. I think, like, for me... Obviously, I think I've watched I, I watched France play the most in this match only because again it was an England match. I watched it. France are incredible. They have been incredible all tournament. Hmm. I don't think there's really been one point, maybe apart from the Wales match, that I'd say that France have been have looked in any way flawed. No. Um, you know. As much as I am awful uh, in real life when it comes to defence, um, one thing I did pick up was their pesting at the breakdown was incredible. In the first half, they had five turnovers to our one. 
Yeah. And you just see how quick Audrey was at the breakdown. And th- and that for me, like, you know, if you can if you can get if you can piss in the breakdown that quick, if you can get to the breakdown that quick and you can turn over the ball for your side, hundred percent, you know, get possession of the ball and then play with it. That is like the that is that is what I think the number one focus of defense should be, getting the ball back. No, I just obviously they had that hiccup last week with Wales, but we said that that you need a nitty gritty win to proper go for it. And I know the scoreboard but wasn't like, I, a thumping. France were dominant. It, it felt like fun. a thumping. It felt like a thumping. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it yeah. felt. It felt to me as if France were just unlucky, incredibly unlucky. Yeah. Because they should have got more point, points on the board. 100%. Oh, 100%. We, we, we should have allowed more tries. We did, we did well enough to really just stop them from scoring more. I think uh, that's the only real positive I can take. I mean, there's one name that I really want to mention to you, Harv, just because it was so funny with your Snapchats, as George Oh, Farber. no. George Furbank. Um, listen, I don't know why he was selected in the first place. Don't know why he played. The only real highlight of him was him volleying the ball for absolutely no reason twice. Um, his defence was poor. Um, listen, I know that as a team we didn't play amazingly well and I shouldn't just be blaming it on one person, but it's a pointless decision. I'm probably more angry at Eddie than I am at George. Um just what have we done? I mean, Eddie did say that was your best team to go against France. It's not, what is it? It really just wasn't. Like, did you not see, you know, some of our other matches, right? The win against um the win against Wales. I'd say that's debatably one of our best squads. I would even say the squad you prop against us was pretty maybe even Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Pretty much feel I'd say those off. squads are yeah. I don't the one thing like just stood out to me was Stewart at the wing. He's not the fastest bloke and he's been one of the best under the high ball. What are you doing playing him as 14? I thought he did all right. I thought he was he worked as a good tactic. Oh, no, he, like, yeah. he did all right, I a hundred percent. But mm. would he have been more suited to the 15 shirt? hundred percent. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, uh, I mean, so I just want to back. So, so I, I, I guess I just want to ask you guys one question. Um, Eddie Jones in or out? In. Is that from an Ireland fan perspective? No, that's from like a, an actual whole like like World Cup for England, as in like. Like yeah, obviously it wasn't a good campaign, but like, I mean he's he's on course. He's still say, on course. Well, I think uh, Murray in or out. Overall, I'd say out because Eddie came in and made it pass easy for England, like Grand Slam Six Nations, almost matching the All Blacks like unbeaten, like calendar year record, and it's just plummeted. I'd but say you're a year out from a World Cup, so for that, I'd say just keep them in the now. I don't well, see the, the thing is, I, the coach a year out. 
I mentioned that in the preview episode. I mentioned that, you know, we can't just say goodbye to Eddie Jones like now. Yeah. Wants to 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 to, to basically just adjust to a new coaching system. We're not gonna have a chance to well it's really just pointless for Eddie to be honest. Since he's leaving at the end of 2023 anyway. Yeah. Might as well just endure maybe another year of pain. But um I think I don't know. For me, almost because he did so well at the start, he knew what he liked, and then the, the game just moved on. Yeah, it's because he's, he's a very stubborn coach. That's why I made the joke at the start, like, good luck when you've got Eddie Jones and Richard Cockrell on your coaching staff, because they're both very, very stubborn. They know what works, but refuse to adapt. But I'm saying, you know, you can't have the same squad winning daily because we've just it's just moved on. You can't have the same squad with lads like, you know, the next thing you know, he's going to be calling up James Haskell again. You know what I mean? He was so stuck with the same squad and didn't want to adjust. He's been forced to adjust this year and basically just didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. So do you think Eddie Jones will stay in coaching after the England role or do you think he'll just... I know he's taking a sabbatical. So I'm not going to count that. Okay, no, that's fair. I think I think he'll take a smaller role. I don't think he'll I don't think he'll go back internationally. But just like an advisor or something to a national team. Maybe even like a head coach of a club. I could be all wrong, and then he just decides, oh, you know, I'm going to coach the Lions in 2025. But um... he's already said no tips, to be fair. So <sighs> thank God. <laughs> um, anyway. Um... So after Paris, obviously, the Six Nations came to a beautiful, beautiful close uh, with France winning their first Grand Slam in 12 years. And now, as we reflect on it, we're going to go back and maybe hand out some like unofficial awards from the Rugby Connection. Pro- we're not going to hand them like proper trophies, obviously, because we don't have the budget. We don't have any budget, actually. Um, so we're just going to just say names and just clap them. Um, boys, uh, nominations... For uh, player of the tournament, oh, Dupont. <laughs> I think I think to be honest, I th- that was probably stupid. Yeah, <laughs> one that I could <laughs> see that's done really well. I think Marcus Smith made it look pretty not easy, but obviously the whole thing was, oh no, there's no Farrell. How's Marcus Smith going to do without like such a figurehead next time? Pretty well. All things considering, yeah, I, I think Marcus. I don't know. I, I maybe not player of the tournament, but I definitely say he was. It was a big bright spot. I, I had Antoine Dupont player of the tournament. Shall I do our team of the year? I just quickly run through. Oh wow! Um, yeah, like you roll off one half. Sean does one, and then I'll do one. God, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and speed through this. Right, so uh, I'm gonna go. Um, Genge, um, Marchand and Furlong as my front row. Um, yeah. I'm probably gonna go Itoji and Waki as my back, uh, not back row, second row. Uh, my back row is probably gonna be Van der Flair, Jelon, General Dreet. Um, my two halves, uh, Dupont and Smith. My two centers, uh, probably. I'm going to say Dante and Fiku. Now, I think Dante did turn up in the last two games, but to be honest, I don't think there's any other 12s that have 
I don't think any 12s have really made the mass, most uh, massive impact. I'd probably just say Dante was sound enough. Yeah, fair. Um, and then my back three, uh, I'm going to go with um, Gab- Gabon Villiers, um, Damien Penno, and uh, Freddie Stewart. Fair, fair. Sean? Um, could you give me a sec? Could you go, Murray? Would you mind? I'm actually still doing it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so... like a proper like, database research. <laughs> I'm going to go Genge, Marshawn, and far along like Carve. I'm going to go, I told you, I'm going to go Willemsa for this tournament. I think yeah. Loki has been special, but just this tournament alone, Willemsa's kind of raised his game a little bit. Um, probably go van der Fleer and move Jolange across to the blind side with Craig Aldrich. And number eight, DuPont and Smith at halfbacks. Centres, I'll go Nick Tompkins for Wales I think when Wales seem to play better with him at 12 so we'll go him uh, we'll go Gael Fiku obviously outside back three <sighs> Villier yeah go on then Damien Pinot as much as I don't yeah he is a different level it's, I don't really like him and fullback <sighs> I'm going to go I'm going to go Hugo Keenan, actually. Oh, thank God. Oh, why did I think you were going to say Stuart Hogg? <laughs> no. No. Oh, I had it in my head. So the people that thought I was going to pick Stuart Hogg. He's not biased. I'm not biased. Um, Sean, have you masterminded up? Uh, yeah, well, somewhat. I'm very indecisive on, on two positions, let's say. <laughs> I got Genge, Hooker, I can't decide. Marshan between Ronan Kelleher and Dan Sheehan. Kelleher was, I, people forget because Sheehan was so good the last two games, but Kelleher had a very good start as the Six Nations. I can't decide between those three. <laughs> so, Furlong, Etoje, Walkie. I'm going to go Lamaro in the back. I know he can't really play six, but I'm going to put him in the six. Van der Fleer, uh, Aldrich, Dupont Smith, uh, Valera in the left wing. Dante and Fiku in the centre and then I was between Darcy Graham and Damien Penno on the right wing and then Hugo Keenan at full back oh, Darcy Graham over Penno if that's your option go for it Penno <laughs> uh, no I, you, you, I think you made a good um, you, you made a good idea there um, with Michele Amaro I think not only did he have an amazing showing as captain but again played his heart out he plays with passion yeah. Like he is he is the epitome of Italian passion, like all in one. Yeah. yeah. I Absolutely. love him. I put him in my fantasy team for like the last the last game. So yeah. any, any breakouts, top three breakout players of this tournament. Um I think I think for me it has to be Angle Cup World. So hmm. like just obviously the 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 Wales the Wales game was incredible. A, just a grandstand finish, basically. But you know, he also had a really, he, he also had a really good game against Scotland. And you know, you think about it now, right? That could be Italy's backline basically sorted. Yeah, that could be yeah. the one. That, that could be the one they move forward with. Anyone else that's shown? Um, for for me, Mac Hansen. I was like he's up there. I don't I don't know like exactly. Yeah, I, yeah I put Capuzo as well. Obviously, I think Capuzo the first. Oh, Capuzo is hundred percent. Yeah, I put Mac Hansen up there just for his performance against Wales and France alone. Um, yeah, 
fair. I think for breakout, because he wasn't really going to be a starter and then injury came and took his opportunity. I think Dan Sheehan is definitely up there as well. He's been yeah. fantastic. And I might be a little bit biased, but he has played well the three games. I am going to go Rory Darge. He he took a duck to water and let's be honest, it was a poor Scottish team against France. He didn't look out of place. When we played against Italy, it was almost like a father-son duo when he paired up with Hamish Watson, which was great to see. And from what I've seen against Ireland, he seemed to do all right. It's just the rest of it didn't work for him. So, yeah, yeah I think my, my top three is Caputso, uh, Sheehan and Darge. Fair, good list. Um, and um, I, I, I don't really like giving out this award, but uh, one disappointing player from each of you lads. Or at least one overrated player. And I'm not going to say Stuart Hogg this time because I know I might hurt Murray. That's fine. <laughs> I've had my arguments this week, mate. Go for it. Um, <laughs> most dis- I'll say most disappointing. I won't say most overrated. All right. Most disappointing. It's going to sound so strange. He's literally just won a grand something from Melbourne, Germany. I just felt he was very. Oh yes, Sean is. We had a whole <laughs> thing with Sean earlier about this because I said, um, I said he's basically like the French rugby idea of a special teams unit in American football, just catching and running and then kicking the ball. That's all you have to do as a fullback. He's brilliant at it. Yeah, but he's just—he's not got that little bit extra, you know. Someone like I don't know, uh, Freddie Stewart. No, that's all. <laughs> you mean Stuart Hogg, you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah but Stuart no, Hogg definitely not. Stuart Hogg has got that little bit of... Um, when he runs, anyway, he has got that. Jamini doesn't. But Hugo Stuart, Keenan does. Stuart Hogg does. just doesn't have hands. <laughs> <laughs> No, I get what you're trying to say. I think you're right. He's like, he doesn't have that kind of like the speed or kind of the step. But I do think he's like he's excellent. Like, like you, you, you said that, Harvey, you said he was overrated. But I don't think he's overrated in the fact that his goal kicking usually is very good. It wasn't excellent yesterday. His kick from hand is excellent. Like the 50-22s he kicked. I think, I, I, but again, I think at the end of the day, like we do, you know, we, we focus so much on pizzazz from players. Like we forget that some lads can just play like the textbook a definition of some positions and just do it amazingly and I think fair enough Melvin Jaminet is basically a textbook 15 yeah exactly thank you yeah that's that's all I needed to hear that's now now, now, now I can go to bed sleep soundly now um <laughs> for me I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna whip this one in here Louis Ray Summit oh, yeah yeah painful you know and uh, we were bigging him up so much last six nations yeah. well not we because we actually hadn't met but, um, you know, I think a lot of us were picking up Last Six Nations and just, oh, Lord, it was like watching a headless chicken. I think I was saying, saying the term, you're going to get bored hearing his name last year. <laughs> That's aged well. I got awfully bored hearing his name. But, I mean, what 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 was the best thing when she started at this tournament? Get out muscle by Darcy Graham. Get a cap. Yeah, anyway. he, got, he got destroyed by Mac Hansen as well on Hansen's yes. debut. Yes, the dream, the dream duo. That's what we're wanting. We no, but exactly. Mac, Even Mac on Mac Hansen, Hansen. Hansen on the wings. Woo. Yeah, 
Exactly. But even on Mack Hansen's first international touch, remember he made a break down the touchline. Like Louis Rees Samuel tried to tackle him. It like I know this is only one moment, but like I know not to say that I do any better, but he was like, he wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a good tackle. He, he went like with his arms and he didn't even wrap and he like he just slipped through him. Hans, Hansen's not even that quick. And it's because yeah. he knows that it was Mac. He just wanted to cuddle Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wanted to hug him. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. So come on, I want to give Mac a big hug. So. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the Six Nations is done. It's finished. Oh, sorry. I didn't give a disappointing player. Sorry. Oh, you didn't. Sorry. My, my bad. Go on. Um, as much as I want to say, uh, Stuart Hogg for literally just because of that a moment he had. Yes, he was right in front of me. He literally had a three on one overlap. Um, no, but I, I'm not going to say Stuart Hogg because I actually did think he played pretty okay. You know, pretty all right championship apart from that that moment. Um, and the, really, and the France thing. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Mark, I don't want to give you as too much PTSD. Um, <laughs> um, I, someone not just because he didn't play yesterday, he didn't start, and he, when he did come on, he didn't do that great. I was a bit disappointed by Finn Russell. I didn't think he had that great of a chance. Played did well against England. Uh, didn't really see too much else other than that. So, probably yeah. still hungover to be fair. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's it. That's the end of the Six Nations. Yeah, and thank God because that was the most painful seven weeks I've probably been through. <laughs> anyway, um, on now to the rest of the world of rugby, and yes. I'll just obviously because um, it's again another Six Nations championship has finished today. The under twenties and the and Ireland won the Grand Slam, so fair play oh, to them. Hey, in Scotland, got the win spread. because I mean, to be fair, Italy beat Wales again. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> um, the match. They they also did beat England, so um anyway. Um but no, um anyway, so what has gone in in the world of rugby from you lot? Well, so you know how last week I mentioned the Super Rugby Alpiki tournament, the women's tournament with the nice beautiful heritage trophy. Yeah, it finished this week. <laughs> there's only four teams in it, so there's only three rounds of fixtures. What? <laughs> yeah. So today, uh, Chiefs Manawa beat the Blues women 35 now to win the inaugural Super Rugby Alpiki tournament. So well done. They Fair feature pass. the likes of Ruby Tui and Portia Woodman on their side. So fair play. Fair play, them. And Glasgow beat Edinburgh. So it's not a good week for me. I'm not happy. I'm not doing well. <laughs> Result wise. Um, Speaking of not happy, obviously I mentioned the NRL last week. I do want to take uh, a trip in rugby league to the other side of the world. Um, oh. I just, oh well, listen, as much as I love the Super League, the officiating has been poor. Um, Wigan versus Castleford on, on Thursday night. Um, listen, um, I think it was Chris Kendall, the referee, gave a yellow card for the earliest late hit I've probably ever seen. Um, it's no penalty, but gave a yellow card. Uh, that was shocking. And then gave a red card for a little slap on the face um, for a poor attempt of a tackle. So, um, yeah, the uh, the RFL uh, referees are in the bin. Fair enough. I mean, just looking at the results from the good league for rugby league in the NRL. Yeah, great cheers. There's not been many th- very close games this week. If you've not seen the results hard. So Broncos beat Bulldogs 16-10. Fair enough. 
Um, the Sharks beat the Parramatta Eels 18-16. Gold Coast Titans beat New Zealand Warriors 20 points to 18. Um, the Roosters beat the Seagulls 26-12. The Knights beat the West Tigers 26-4. So there's a bit of a thumping for you. Mm. And the Cowboys beat the Raiders 26-6. I, so, I did watch. I did watch that game. Yeah, I just I, I do like the NRL. I'm not a Super League fan, but I can sit I, back and watch the, the NRL. The it's, it's just it's just it's, it's it's you know it's for people with fine taste. So, um, anyway, um, obviously we talked um last week about Spain qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah, and today was the conclusion of the uh, Rugby Europe Championship. Um, the score. Georgia versus Spain with an, a winner-takes-all clash and Georgia won pretty convincingly fair enough, they've gone 25 games unbeaten in the Rugby Europe Championship um, so yeah, fair play to Georgia um, what a win and uh, we'll see them in the World Cup next year Yeah, they've officially qualified, yeah yeah, they qualified. I think they qualified as soon as Russia got disqualified. So, okay. And do you know what pool they're going to be in? Um, I think it it's Wales's. Oh yeah. Wales, oh. Australia, and Fiji. And the same Wales. same pool again. The same like... pool is. Full... Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of this. Wales, Australia, Fiji have been in the same pool for the past three bloody World Cups. <laughs> and now Georgia again. I mean, Sean, I love, I love you to bits, but I'm getting fucking sick and tired of playing you. And Uruguay. Oh, wait, no, they're in England's one. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> they're in the same pool as Australia, Wales and Fiji in 2015, 2019. But... All right, quick question. I'll put a quick debate up. Do you think that we need to rethink the pool systems yes. to, to stop a repeat of this? Yeah, yeah. I got. It's just not enjoyable. It's like... I mean, what's Wales, it? Ireland have Ireland have got have got Scotland again. Yeah, I know. I'm. Fed, I just said that. I'm fed up with that as well. It's not because like no, but don't worry, fed up. No, but I know that you get the. I can see why it benefits because you played them in like the February or the March just before the World Cup. So, you know, and there's some more opponents, but come on, like you want like the exotic, like once in a lifetime games. So I'm more looking forward to Scotland, Spain than I am Scotland, Ireland. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what's it? We've got, we've got Argentina again. Mm. Oh, yeah. Vamos los Pumas. We've got Argentina again. We've got Japan. Odds on we'll have the USA again as well. Do we need to expand the World Cup? How many? By how many? We've got 2018. Add maybe four more. Wait a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a wee look and just see what the current pools are now because I don't think I'm going to like any of them for the most part. Sean, have you got Have you got any headlines while Murray's having a little cheeky look? Yeah. Will I go? Yeah, yeah. I go. All right. Um, one was it's not really a massive headline, but I'm sure you might have seen the clip of uh Bismarck Duplessis with like a 
kind of tip tackle over the shoulder tackle on uh, Munster's um, Alex Kendallin last week. He got a red card for it. He nearly landed on his neck. Luckily didn't, but he got a red card for it. That was a bit bizarre. But the kind of that, that tackle in itself was a bit of news, but Munster lost both their games down in South Africa um, on their trip to South Africa. They lost against the Bulls last week and against the Lions yesterday. Um, so that's my bit. But kind of more it's surprising. And I've seen a lot of outrage on Twitter from Munster fans, you know, saying that it's a joke that the the way the schedule worked, or, or no, sorry, the Ireland squad, like why couldn't like Jeremy Lockman, um, who else, who didn't play in the, even the 23, why weren't they released um, for Munster? But that wasn't happening. Anyway, sorry, that's just my bit of news. Munster, two loss on the bounce. Bismarck, two proceed with a shocking uh, <laughs> red card. Anyway, World Cup pools. World Cup pools. So pool A is New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay and Africa won. So right. France, so uh, France, uh, France. That's a bit shaken. It's not too samey. Yeah. Um, B is South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Asia, Pacific one, and Spain. Well, enjoy your match against South Africa, lads. I really enjoyed mine. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> Dirty too. <laughs> um, anyway, Pool C. Pool C is Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, <laughs> and final qualifying winner. Final qualifying winner. Odds on that'll be. Oh, wait, no, it can't be Georgia. It'll be Portugal. It can't be England. Could be Portugal. Are they? Are they in qualifying? Because I'm not sure I'll, if it was Romania or Portugal. I'll have a look on out, but not uh, Pool D. England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa, and America's two. All right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not displeased that group. I'm not. I'm not displeased at all. World Cup. Is it final? Final qualifier? Is it? I think you just got to look at the rugby Europe standings. Who came third? Uh, Portugal. Yeah, that was Portugal. Portugal. All right. So. I, yeah, my 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 other country of residence has a has a chance of making it. Mm. So, vamos. so they'll play in the in a tournament against what Africa, one a team from Africa, a team from USA, a team from Oceania. They'll all fight it out, won't they? Probably. Oh yeah. well, I, I hope they do it. <laughs> yeah. um, I've not held as much information anyway. It literally just states the obvious of how a final works. So thanks, Google. <laughs> Anyway, boys, um, thanks for thanks for listening uh, through our whole Six Nations review. It's been a long tournament for some, um, but we're at the end of it, and we go again next year. Um, go again please. next week. <laughs> we go again next week. It's the women's. It's the women's. We've got a special guest with us next week. We're almost going full That's circle nice. at Rugby Connection here. And if you've listened to us for the whole time, you know what we're on about. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, uh, you'll find more about uh, uh, you'll find out more about that next week. Um, but thank you guys for listening, watching our faces or our voices for the last seven weeks. We know that we might have been a pain in some ways rather than not. But um, anyway, uh, please subscribe uh, if you aren't already and click the notification bell because of course you want to listen and see us more. Um, so please do. Uh, please follow the Spotify uh, if you aren't already, because then you also get to see us uh, a little bit more. Um, do go follow our socials, um, Rugby Connection Pod on TikTok and Rugby Connection Pod 
on Instagram. Uh, also follow us individually uh, on Instagram and TikTok if you haven't already. Uh, and yes, we will see you next week when we return to Club Rugby and the start of the Women's Six Nations. Goodbye. See you later. Bye.